We want to give a special thanks to our sponsor, Rode Microphones. Rode is an Australian-based audio equipment company with a great U.S. support team that makes quality consumer and professional microphones and accessories. Here at Two Weird Camera Beards, Tom and I use a Rodecaster Pro mixer and Rode pod mics to record each episode. If you're interested in Rode audio equipment, Midwest Photo is an authorized reseller, and you can find their products by visiting mpex.com and searching Rode. That's mpex.com, search R-O-D-E. And a special thanks to Ray Sherlow. Ray wrote the music that we use for the show. It's the song Try a Little Harder from his album Forward Facing. If you dig his music like I do, check out the link in the show notes. Thanks, Ray. All right. We're here. We're here. Welcome to the newest episode of Two Weird Camera Beards. Welcome. Good it's morning. Weird looking into your eyes with, you know, your your new your new shades. My my blue blockers. Yeah. Yeah. Ashley keeps looking at me and asking me if they're working. And I'm like, I think. I mean, yeah. I don't know. They're just really to protect my eyes. Yeah. I started wearing blue blockers to when I'm staring at screens on a regular basis. I find that they do work. You Do you think they do work? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. When I was like peak retouching and my eyes were getting really, really tired, I got my own pair as well. Okay. I do like them. I think the hardest part is like keeping up and always wearing them. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's they're what's tough. They're non-prescription. Yeah. Yeah, so I end up just wearing them at like in my house regularly when I'm not staring at a screen. So I forget, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget that they're on. Hmm. Um, oh my gosh, we have a mystery voice here. We haven't even introduced her yet. <laughs> there we go. Okay, there we go. Having a moment I like that with little the glasses. Yeah, yeah. I was we like, always. Should I leave or? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we want to welcome to the show today, um, Gail. Shaman? Yes. Awesome. Killing it. I nailed it. it. Right. Yes. Said it right. <laughs> Gail is a, uh, uh, you're local here, right? You're in Columbus? I am okay. local, yes. Yeah, so local fashion photographer that uh, is a customer of ours. Um, Maddie, our executive producer, identified you as being an ideal candidate for, for this topic. So uh, we're glad to have you here. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Stoked uh, to be here, you yeah, guys. Yeah, for sure. How's, how's life? How's 2021 in Gail's world? 2021 has been just crazy, I feel like. Like, I know we're still kind of in the pandemic, but yeah. it also feels like we're not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually, I got a new job technically mm. last year in 2020 during the pandemic, which oh, was cool. insane. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I got furloughed from an old one and then within like 24 hours. Oh, congratulations. Whoa. <laughs> a new one. Thank you. That's, That's awesome. Insane. It that, was yeah. nuts. So I feel like that, yeah. that adrenaline has still just sort of seeped into... 2021 and it's just kind of like been keeping me rolling yeah and your new gig it's shooting it's shooting okay so Mm -hmm. oh my gosh that's i mean that speaks to your talents right there i mean if you get it if you're a shooter and during a pandemic and you land a gig like top notch yeah i was like i can't this doesn't happen (laughs) crazy yeah cool um and i assume it's fashion work you're you're shooting it is fashion related yes cool and are you um, you know what? I'll ask that question later because I'm sure that's within the questions. Um, cool, Tom. How's your how's life? How's your weekend? How's the world? It's good. It's yeah. good. Just uh, yeah, just trying to keep up with everything. It's tough, right? Yeah. When your boss is on vacation. Hey, Ken. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Ken. <laughs> Ken's our boss, and he went on vacation last this past week. And Tom and I, I think. About lost our heads. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a little proud of myself for not reaching out more than once to him, though, during his vacation time. You only I reached think it was only once. once. That's which, good. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's good. Here, that's like, I mean, that could be a weekend. And bravo like, of, it. Like five. 
I want to kudos to him for for you know being open to that because I'm going on vacation. I told everybody not to bother me. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm going next week. And oh, I'm you like, are cool. Uh-uh, like, forget I even existed. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be out west and like that's awesome. It's like I was never here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, out west, California. Uh, Portland. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. It'll be the first time that I'll see a member of my family. Oh. Kind of since the start of the pandemic. Oh, oh my gosh. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Um, all right. So let's, I want to dive into to who you are, Gail. Um, why don't you tell us, give us a synopsis, a summary of who you are, what you do. Yeah. All right. Um, I guess I'll start with like backstory a mm-hmm. little bit. So I'm not actually from Columbus. Mm-hmm. I moved here... I want to say a little over six-ish, seven years ago. Um, I was born in Chicago, actually, so it's kind of funny that full circle. I'm now back in the Midwest. (laughs) But I was raised in Hong Kong for 16 years. So that's just kind of like where all my roots are. It's where most of my family is. Mm -hmm. It's where a lot of my, like, sensibilities kind of lie. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up in a very Western household, but Mm. around this very, like, deeply East Asian, Mm. multicultural kind of environment. Yeah. Um, And then... I think I started shooting when I was still living there. I was only 13 years old. So it's been over 10 years now of shooting. Hmm. Um, but that's just kind of where it all began. It began on this little island of 7 million people. Wow. And, um, that's really cool. Just a curious little 13-year-old who yeah. <laughs> was entering high school and decided, like, this is what I wanted to so do. So you said you lived in Hong Kong for 17 years? 16. 16 years. Mm-hmm. Um, you fluent in Cantonese? I'm not fl- uh, that's a good question. <laughs> I am not fluent in Cantonese, but uh, if you put me there long enough, I can do. Pick it back. Like, I can do like basic stuff. Okay. Like cool. I can navigate kind of. Yeah. I can like mm. do my numbers and. Yeah. Um, a lot of my friends are like fluent in Cantonese, so nice. they'll they'll teach me words every now and then or remind me of stuff if I'm like getting it wrong. Cool. Very <laughs> cool. I visited back in 2011. It's a. It's no a, kidding. Yeah, it's a beautiful city and and country. Um, but yeah, just awesome. I oh, was I only there that. for probably a little over 24 hours, but it was it was fun. That's so fun. There's a lot of people that do that. They're like, yeah. I only went for like a day, but it was insane. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, that's so fun. I yeah. love when people go there. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what got you? So you were born in Chicago. You spent some time in Hong Kong. What um, along that journey of growing up got you started in what you do today? I think um, I always was more interested in like art and being creative than like the typical sort of, I think, subject matter that was kind of getting pushed on all the kids Mm -hmm. when we were growing up. Like a lot of the time it is prioritized to like be really good at math or science Mm -hmm. um, or even like religion. I did go to religious school for a little while. Uh, But for me, those were just not things that I ever really felt a connection to. Yeah. Um, It was always creativity, not necessarily photography to begin with. But um, I think it was around like 12 or 13. I don't know if it was like because I was really in the thick of being on the Internet at the time. So I was starting to see a lot of stuff coming out of like Flickr and things Mm. like that, um, that I realized, okay, like this is something I'm really interested in. Right. So I talked to my dad about it, who um, traveled all the time for work and he still does. And he had a ton of miles saved up from all the travel. So he used the miles to get me a camera. (laughs) <laughs> he got me a little D5000, oh, a little Nikon D5000, nice. and a little nifty 50 on it. Nice. Yeah. And like that was it. That just like catapulted me into it. I was oh, like cool. deep in the thick of it and I didn't want to get out. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. That's an That's awesome sweet. story. Yeah. 
And that was at like what, 13? 13. I think it might have even been 12, to be honest. Like, I've really, I've had a camera in my hands for a long time, it feels and like. Diving in with a DSLR, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's why. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, you know, at the time, I mean, I can't, I can't remember exactly what year that was. Um, but like, the internet was still kind of new ish. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, it'd been around for a while, but there weren't that many yeah. resources on there. Yeah. So a lot of it was really like figuring it out as I went along mm-hmm. and like, I like Flickr comments and all that Flickr stuff. Flickr comments. Like <laughs> Flickr itself was like this yeah. whole new beast that I was like, what am I doing with this? Like, what <laughs> yeah. does this mean? And also being so young, you know, like yeah. you just don't even know where to begin with any of this. So yeah. it was a lot of just like learning on the fly yeah. for sure. That's it's cool. cool. It's good though. Cause I believe at that, I mean, back then, did you ever like go through the forums or were you strictly on the photo side of Flickr? Cause there were some cool forums where people would help each other out. Like they'd, how did you get this shot or like what what focal length would you use and it was really interesting to i I spent a lot of time in the Flickr forums and i don't know if you had any experience there similar okay very similar experience so the interesting thing about Flickr is that like there were the forums Mm -hmm. but there were also these communities of people who just were all kind of like shooting in a similar style or we just all happened to be interested in similar styles at the time so this like Like very distinct group or community started to form Um, A lot of them were based in the States, kind of all over the place. And around my, I would say, sophomore, junior year of high school, um, this was right around, like, I'd say 2011, 2012, Hmm. um, they started doing meetups here. Not in Columbus, but all over the States. Hmm. They would be, like, in the Midwest. They would be Mm -hmm. on the West Coast, East Coast. Yeah. Um, And I remember just being this, like, young kid overseas thinking, oh, man, like, I really want to go to the States. (laughs) I really want to meet these people, like... I was just like fangirling over all of them and I wanted to be like them. I would reference them in like photo projects. And ultimately I think around the time I graduated high school, I did come out here and there happened to be a meetup in Oregon where I was at at the time. And so that's where I really got to meet all these people from the Flickr communities. (laughs) And I would say there were probably around 40 or 50 photographers who showed up to this meetup. It was in this tiny little town in Oregon and it was like crazy. Like day one, I met so many people who I like, looked up to for years who were like my idols and I was like this doesn't feel real like (laughs) I felt like such a nerd but it was so cool (laughs) yeah but that was that was I think how I first got introduced to like photo communities stateside yeah after being you know like out east for so long I guess that's not that's really cool I totally that was such a cool like time on the internet like I feel like I had cool yeah I forgot all about the Flickr group meetups I feel like I had a similar experience but like on tumblr Okay. There yes. was big like art community on there, yeah. and I would just like chat with. There's still people that I follow on Instagram Same, that I've totally. never met, it, but I'm, yeah, yeah, that their writing is still killer and stuff. And exactly, yeah. and you just yeah. it just feels like this sort of part of your like past or whatever that yeah. is still very much re- relevant. Yeah. yeah, and you just get to connect with these people who you feel like you've known for literally years now. Yeah, 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 because it's been so long. Yeah. Probably close to 10 years now for exactly. some of them. It's Probably, nuts. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, well, yeah, still good friends with I a was, lot of them. I was on the forums back in 2011, 2012, 2013. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, that's... It's almost a decade ago. That's, that's wild. Kind of, that's kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to age anybody. Here, um. Tom, I totally realized that I I, ca- right. I kind of steamrolled on You're those good. questions. It's all good, man. We got there. That's all that matters. Um, all right, so I want to I want to so now we know a little bit about uh, where you came from, um, how you got into it. I want to kind of dive deeper into the fashion weeds here. Yeah, of course. Um, 
I I'm curious because I mean I know fashion photographers, mm-hmm. um, and I know everything that they like prep for, um, but. I know everybody's different. So I know some Mm -hmm. people that hire a stylist and some people like to do the styling themselves. And some people, um, you know, farm out for Mm -hmm. the uh, makeup artist and the models. And they kind of, they leave that up to either the agency or the brand. I'm curious, given what you do, how much creative control you have. Do you work with a creative director? Are you calling the shots on the set? Or is this, what, what does your control look like there? It super depends. Okay. Um, so in my full-time job, I work technically in corporate fashion. Mm-hmm. So you're very accustomed to working with these like larger teams of people. There are definitely creative directors, um, makeup artists, stylists, like the whole roster of people are going to be on set with you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this great production company we work with um, who comes out from California who just run like a well-oiled machine. So mm-hmm. on that side of things, it's really cool to see because on a freelance side it's totally different Mm -hmm. it's very much a skeleton crew at that point you know it's (laughs) Mm -hmm. a lot smaller yeah um my personal preference is i do like having um hair and makeup on set just because i really like to defer those things to people who are definitely trained professionals like definitely on top of their game know what they're doing um know how to sort of bring a vision to life with me or even collaborate with me on the vision um and then i do like working through agencies um to cast models but honestly, when it comes to model casting, it totally depends as well. Mm. Like you don't need to be signed to an agency yeah. um, for me to want to consider casting you, obviously. Like it, it just depends on um, what the vision is, how I feel somebody's going to help bring it to life, whether or not they're the right fit for something. Yeah. Um, have you ever, um, do you have colleagues or peers that don't like, uh, you just said something that uh, piqued my interest that yeah. don't like working with models outside of agencies? I think it just depends, you know, I think sometimes um, when you go through an agency and obviously this also depends too, it's on a sliding scale for sure. sure. Um, Especially when you're in like different markets versus like if you're going to compare like Columbus to New York, for example, kind of a different vibe. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But generally, sometimes it can just be good to work with an agency just because, you know, when you're collaborating or like just talking with an agent, things can be a little more structured, you know, Mm -hmm. like they're Mm -hmm. the ones who are kind of giving that information to the models of like, this is where you need to be. This is what you have to prepare. Mm-hmm. This is when you have to show up. You know what I mean? Like there's just sort of a structure to that that yeah. sometimes can be really nice if you just want to have like an efficient, yeah, potentially very well-run day. Yeah. I was going to say, it seems like a big difference in efficiency. Yeah. Like having like a trained agent, like model with an agency rather than like maybe somebody who you just have like an aesthetic interest in maybe yeah exactly and i don't want to discount anybody who's not signed to an agency either right because that's technically how i started out you know i was 13 years old i didn't know how to talk to agencies everything i did for the first three to four years of shooting i was just scouting myself Mm. i was scouting off the street i was scouting from like other schools that i knew about Mm. um friends of friends kind of thing like basically all through facebook Mm -hmm. on Mm. some level like that was pretty much how i always did it And so that was really where all my roots were. And that's sort of what got me to today. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely never, there's never a thought in my mind that like, I don't want to work with someone who's not in an agency Sure. because that's, that's literally been like the framework of what got me here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Do you ever find yourself still scouting in those spaces? Are you like, even for personal work? I do. You do? Okay, Sometimes. cool. Cool. Yeah. 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 It's weird. Cause I feel like when you get a little bit older and you start learning about, you know, people get a little like sketched out or like there's a lot of like scammy things floating around and especially in the states i find you do have to be 
a little bit more careful. Right. Um, there've been plenty of times where I'll come up to somebody literally with a business card and tell them like, Hey, like, please feel free to look up my work. I'm totally legit. I promise, (laughs) but I would love to shoot with you. I mean, nine out of 10 times I do not hear back from that person, which is totally fine. I'm like, I get it. Like that was such a weird thing that must've happened to you to have some random person come up to you. Yeah. Um, but I guess it all just kind of depends. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, do you, so it sounds like maybe more of your work life is, um, you're working with a structured environment and maybe your personal life, it's a mixture of mm-hmm. both. Am I right in thinking that? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I do okay. think with like personal freelance work, I do want to have some structure to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I still want there to be room for everyone to feel like they can contribute or collaborate with me. Um, you know, I never really feel as though when I'm walking on set, like I'm the only one with the best ideas in the room. Like that's yeah. never how I feel. Um, and I also try to cast teams that kind of reflect that as well. Like mm-hmm. people who feel comfortable with me, who I feel comfortable with them, yeah. who also feel like they can bring something to the table. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's really nice to be working with like a big team of people. Sometimes yeah. it's nice to bring it down a little bit, depending on what you're doing. Yeah. But I just like the energy of it. Yeah. You know, I like being around people, yeah. which Good. I know is kind of weird because we just came out of this pandemic where you <laughs> technically weren't allowed to do that. Yeah. yeah. But I like that energy a lot. I yeah. really like it. I like that you sort of start to feel like a family. You feel like these are people you're going to be friends with for years and years and years. And, yeah. you know, you go through these like long days with them sometimes and that can really build trust and strong relationships, True. whether yeah. you like it or not. Yeah. That's, um, so that's tough. You, you kind of answer my second question though. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you like being collaborative. You like, yeah. you like oh, yeah, being yeah, around yeah. that team. You Definitely. don't, the full control thing it, while it's, it can be, a put off to other people it's also you know incredibly demanding and tiring if you try to take all of that control exactly. out of something that's so huge and team driven mm-hmm. um so because you answer my second question i do want to back up and, and reverse a little bit yeah, for those course. who might not be um we do have some people who listen who are, aren't familiar with the fashion world so i kind of want to break down a little bit of what we've been talking about um, so when you are in fashion photography and you, the company that you might be shooting for, or even if you're shooting personal work, you might be working with an agency and the agency can book the model. Sometimes they can book the makeup and hair. Um, sometimes they might have standards and, you know, um, shot lists from the brand that you're shooting for. Um, they might have mood boards and aesthetics, um, that they have to feed to the photographer and the creative team. So there's, um, when you look at fashion work, it's not just one person just capturing an image with a model. <laughs> There's actually an entire, it's, it's very similar to a movie set. And if you want to go back and listen to our, like being on a, a film set with, uh, with Spencer or yeah. with, um, you know, even Gracie mm-hmm. brought it up in the women in photography. Um, it is very much like being on a movie set, right? You, have, totally a, you have a ton yes. of people, tons of people. Yeah. Yeah. What's like, what's the smallest shoot you've worked on in terms of the number of staff on hand? <laughs> two people myself and the, and the model and uh, that's it okay and the yes. largest oh man um <laughs> it really depends it could be like anywhere from 20 to 50 people yeah it really depends yeah yeah so that's how big we're talking in terms of totally a, in, in terms of a group of people so um sorry i just no, no, <laughs> i wanted no, to make absolutely. sure i cut like, that out of the give way give everybody the that seems so intimidating it does having like 50 and you're like I better get this shot. (laughs) What do you mean? No pressure. No pressure at all. But I guess at that point you're like, you're tethering and all that, I'm sure. And like, they're like, check it. And you're like, you you probably have very little, like, I mean, it, 
near impossible to screw it up at that point because everything's everything's been checked pretty much dialed in exactly all the lighting's kind of ready and everything yeah yeah and on some level i think at some point you just become so dialed into what you're doing that you're just like you forget yeah that all of that stuff is there and you're just like i just have to do this yeah Yeah. you know like i've got to deliver like i am part of this team for a reason yeah i've got to just like nail the shot i know what's expected of me and like we're just gonna do it you know yeah. <laughs> like oh crap the eyebrows in focus i need the eye <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. why is the back hairline in focus and not the face <laughs> oh, oh my goodness um so you've worked you, you the current job you have um and tell me if if you can't answer this um are you working in-house or are you contract i'm working in-house okay yes i think i'm allowed to tell you that okay yeah. <laughs> um so you're working in-house I assume you've had freelance or contract jobs before. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have a preference on whether it's like a freelance or a commercial? Like, do you prefer working in-house? Do you prefer working contract? You know, I think this this might just like seep into one of your other questions you guys may or may not have for me today. (laughs) Um, It it really depends. I think that there are pros and cons to both. Um, And I spent a lot of time mulling this over, actually. Mm. Uh, I think for someone like me and where I'm at in my life right now, Um, I really like the structure, you know, I like sort of having an under, a basic understanding at least of what I'm walking into every day. Sure. Um, I don't want to say that the days are monotonous because they're not at all. Um, but you know, you just know your teams, you know, it's expected of you, you know, who all of your like bosses or higher ups are. Yeah. Um, and that can just be kind of like, it gives you some peace of mind, you know, like you, it no does. surprises, yeah. you know what I mean? You get your consistent paychecks and all yeah. of that, like all of that is just, it can be really nice. It's more of like a job that you can go to and then leave. And exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. I could see like, I could also see that being nice for like your job and then the other being more fun for like your personal work. Exactly. Probably too. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that it's all about personal preference. You know, some people when they work a full-time gig like mine, for example, you know, they don't have the capacity to handle any other additional freelance work. And sure. I would say a lot of the time I'm also that person. Yeah. But occasionally, you know, like I think to myself, it would be really nice if I could reconnect with like a team that I have known for a while, or I have my own idea that, or vision that I really want to bring to life that obviously right. I can't in like a corporate capacity. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if like the bug like bites me, so to speak, yeah. if I'm really feeling like, man, I really want to see this come to life. Then yeah, I'll, spend a weekend, do a little bit of extra work. Mm-hmm. But when it's a great shoot, half the time it kind of doesn't yeah. kind of doesn't feel like work. Yeah. Do you are there cons behind being in-house and having that structure? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, when it's a corporate company, you're always going to be dealing with like bureaucracy and stuff sure. like that. Yeah. And like I've heard that from every level of of people working there. Right. You know, no one likes that at all. No matter how high up you work. Um Sometimes I do think it can get a little monotonous, you know, like it, at times maybe you don't quite feel as challenged because mm-hmm. it's all pretty much, you know, set out and laid out in front of you. Yeah. There's nothing particularly like crazy that's about to happen. Sure. But I guess this could also just depend on where you're at, where you're yeah. working. Yeah, it could. Um, kind of switching gears here mm-hmm. to subject matter. This, the the fashion industry can be scrutinized for its inclusivity or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you feel like this has recently changed or is in the process of changing or is a constant changing beast? Constant changing. 
for okay. sure. I would say, you know, having like been shooting for frankly quite a while now, especially for yeah. someone my age, I think, um, I've noticed a pretty major shift in, in casting. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at model yeah. castings, I do think that there has been a considerable shift. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think we're done? No way. But it definitely looks a lot more diverse now mm-hmm. than it did back then. And I will also credit the fact that, you know, it's being talked about so much more than it ever was. This was not a conversation 10 years ago. Yeah. No. It was barely a conversation like seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that people are really paying attention to it and talking about it, whether they agree with it or not, I think is a major step in the right direction. Yeah. Um, I think there's still room to grow when you consider top down mm-hmm. at a lot of companies. Yes. Mm. Um, Agreed. You know what I mean? Like customer facing wise, what we see in advertising, like literally see it looks right but we don't really consider what's happening behind the scenes. Right. You know, not everybody from like CEOs down are going to be yeah. diversified yet. Um, I think pay parity is also something we could spend all day talking about. That's also a pretty major thing that I think kind of um, works hand in hand with yeah. diversity. It's yeah. not just like skin level. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. Absolutely. I totally agree. Um, for those who hadn't listened to the previous episode, which uh, or I'm sorry, not the previous episode, but the episode before that, uh, women photography, we do address some of those things. And I think it's a pretty important subject that people listen to. So agreed. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. Tom, you, you have some, uh, I, I think I've been hogging the mic here. You got some questions. <laughs> I, I got a couple questions. I'll wedge myself in here. Um, <laughs> so some of these are just kind of fun, hot takes. I'm going to, I'm going to veer a little bit the other, uh, another direction from where Kevin was here. Naturally, but, uh, naturally he veers yeah. off course. <laughs> you know, uh, it's still on, on topic, though. Um, is there a current trend in fashion or fashion photography that you're just like, this is, it's, can that, we kill it? Is that was it dead? So, that was so 2019. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's so, so 2020. That's so pandemic fashion. <laughs> I mean. I love that we're calling out years. Um, <laughs> I actually had to mull this one over for a while. I don't know why uh, it took me so long to think about <laughs> At first, I was just drawing a blank. That's good, though. That, that is good. good. That you're not like there's not something nagging at you that you're like, no, oh no. my gosh, what, another beige jumpsuit or something. <laughs> I don't know. I whatever. Um, you know, on the subject of just calling out like years and decades and stuff, this is coming back with like a vengeance, but like the gaudy Y2K trend. It's like really coming back. We're talking like trucker hats, mm-hmm. Ed Hardy, mm-hmm. you know that kind of stuff. It's Ed Hardy's coming back. Oh. With oh. a vengeance, Tom. <laughs> it's coming back. Yeah. I s- yeah. I saw, s- I saw somebody wear a Von Dutch hat for yeah, real, did. and mm. uh, yeah, it was did. without irony. That was, it's yeah, back. It's okay. back. Yeah. It's a thing. Just like give it a few months, and you're going to be like, you're just going to be, you know, my not Instagram even thinking algorithm about this. will adjust, and I'll start to see it. <laughs> <laughs> you're just going to be sitting like in your house in the dark or something on Instagram, and you're going to be like, damn, Gil was right. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Woof. Um, I think that I think that that was my second question too a little <laughs> bit. Uh, so we'll 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 move on. Um, I I mm, I, I kind of want to phrase this in a way that leaves it a little bit more open than what I than what I asked you mm-hmm. initially in our in our little worksheet here. Um, I initially said, "Is there a fashion photography that you think is the greatest of all time?" And I want to hear your answer if you've got one, but no it's it's tough you're talking like the photographer themselves 
yeah like who like who did you who do you time? look up to who did you look up to as you were like coming up it through the fashion industry and we like this is this is it we, this is the you just toss this like i, I when i hear fashion i'm mm-hmm. going to assume i'm not going to hear out of gail's mouth like avidon Leibovitz. like i'm not going to hear those names even though they're big big names in fashion but i could be wrong she might say those yeah names. that's why i want like i feel like yeah i considered avidon and, ah. it's, and like i don't want to be that person but it was funny because i out of all things that i was doing a couple of years ago i shot this girl's senior portraits and her mm. dad showed up and he was like a super nice guy like i i love working with um like a model or subject matters parents like mm-hmm. I don't, i'm maybe this is an unpopular opinion <laughs> but i kind of like set moms and set dads i think they're really fun <laughs> they, like i always end up getting along with them i've never really had issues so that's yeah, been cool that's good but um he he was so forthcoming with like a lot of creative knowledge and information and by the end of the shoot um just this was so random but he was like so i actually used to be an art director for richard avidan what i was like are you serious? No like, and way. you're just here in Columbus? Like, that's crazy. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't lead with that information, yeah, I sir. Wasn't <laughs> right? He's like, I, I was just crazy. wanted to sit back and see how you'd do. Yeah, no, like, wow. you wouldn't have guessed it. Like, both him and his daughter were such chill, like, cool people. That's and then he cool. just, like, dropped that at the end. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I really mind, like mind blown. Yeah. But um, I, I thought about putting Avidan down as a favorite, but ultimately, I kind of narrowed it down to two. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. I would say the late Peter Lindbergh. Okay. I've always been okay. a really big fan of his work. Um, but I also said um, Stephen Mizell. You know, he's still around, still kicking. He shoots all the time. Like, he's still a very active photographer. Um, so it's nice to see somebody who both left, like, a pretty major impact on the fashion industry and somebody who I think is continuing to kind of do that. Yeah. Um, and cool. to me, those are two people I would consider to be, like, legends okay. you know what I mean yeah, yeah. Um, but I did also note down some people who are kind of like I don't want to say next gen but kind of okay. next generation okay um, they're a little more beauty focused but um, Robin Lee is somebody that I really like he's a Chinese photographer mm-hmm. who is based out of New York okay um, but he does really interesting beautiful um, beauty photography um, L uh, L I is how you spell his last name okay I see uh, Kev maybe looking him up right now. Um, but he's fantastic. Just a really interesting take on um, beauty in That's this cool. decade. And then the other one is Mariana. Uh, her Instagram handle is actually her name spelled backwards. But okay. she's also a beauty photographer. I just really like seeing women killing it. Yeah. She also kind of comes from like a similar vein of beauty photography. And mm. I just, I think her imagery is just gorgeous. And That's it's cool. just refreshing to kind of see something done through, you know, like the female gaze rather than the male yeah. as well. Yep. Yeah, definitely. So, For sure. I like that because now I've got some homework to do because I feel like I've like scratched <laughs> the surface of like fashion photographers, but I have not, I haven't looked at any of those. Do you have a, um, this is kind of the tack on to that question. Do you have a favorite local fashion photographer? Ooh, local like fashion. Like your favorite, like your like a colleague or a Let's call that, it Ohio. Yeah, let's call it Ohio. Okay. Um, or if you know people in Chicago, maybe Midwest. Okay. Somewhere. Yeah. yeah. You know, I do really enjoy um, Grant Mills' work. He lives out in Chicago. He just does really beautiful, clean, simple mm-hmm. uh, fashion and beauty imagery. Cool. Um but then I think locally, like in Columbus, because I feel like I have to shout out somebody who truly does live here, 
he doesn't always shoot fashion, but I think what Nick Fancher does is just outrageous. Yeah. Like yeah. his stuff is so cool and mm-hmm. he's such a nice guy and yeah. very forthcoming with information, which is also something that I really like about mm-hmm. photographers, you know, yeah. people yeah. who are willing to kind of like Drive spread the, the wealth of knowledge, yeah. Yeah. you know, like motivate people to want to get into this as well. Obviously, you know, a lot of people shoot now that obviously has really like, <laughs> it's really saturated over the past like yeah. decade or mm-hmm. longer. Um, and again, not everything that he shoots is fashion, but the way that he puts thought into creating an image, the way he chooses to light things a certain way, yeah. uh, it, it's just always kind of resonated with me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just biased because he's a friend as well, but <laughs> I think he was worth shouting out. Yeah, that's cool. For sure. My, my kind of tag on from that that is a little bit more open-ended, is there like, do you draw, like I just looking at like your instagram and your work it seems like you are inspired by other art forms than photography is that right somewhat yeah yeah Yeah. i mean for me i've been kind of going through something honestly for a while now past like five plus years yeah um i've just gotten really into like macros and textures and things like that so that makes sense i like i like they yeah do you use like it seems like a lot of your photos are like monochromatic i do and love like a good monochrome very very textural like you were saying like and yeah but still like really tactile and Thank the lighting's you. all yeah yeah like yeah. i i just want to be able to like very clearly kind of present yeah. something that i don't know how else to explain it sometimes it just gives me like yeah little tingles like something that just kind of gets you yeah gets you moving gets <laughs> you feeling something yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes textures make people uncomfortable myself included I do have that one weird phobia where you don't like looking at all the little holes. holes? Yeah. The, oh. Yep. Huh. Yeah. Like that. My yeah. mom and I both have it, actually. I'm glad so. we've got the cover <laughs> on your mic then. Cause yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's wild. Yeah. Does that ever get in the way of like shooting? Like the, the phobia? Like cause there are honestly, some like fabrics that are like, sometimes, I don't know. Sometimes it does like, yeah. it gives me those little like weird shivers. Yeah. It's mostly when I'm really, really, really up close to like, honestly, it's skin texture. If you're mm, close enough, no. you might sometimes see something. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, it's never like severe. Yeah. So I'll sometimes feel like a little shiver or whatever like, on my uh, spine, but then I'm like, no, this is kind of the point. How like, this is why you're doing this. How does that work out with, um, do you do any skin retouching? I love skin retouching. That's <laughs> like that, my second love. Does that other, does that bother you though? Surprisingly, no. Weird. It's not the same thing. Like okay. if you showed me like a close up of like a sponge, mm-hmm. no, like it's I don't want to see in that. in front of you. Yeah. Got it. But it's like, if it's skin, I'm like, you know, I think in my head I've contextualized it already. Uh, like this is skin. Yeah. It's not going to hurt you. <laughs> and you're like kind of smoothing it out a little bit. Obviously not to an insane degree. Yeah. That was one of the other trends I was going to point out that mm-hmm. I don't love is like skin that's just been retouched to crap. Can I say yeah. that? Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. yeah. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like when someone starts to look like plastic and you can mm-hmm. tell that they just don't even look real anymore. Yeah, like like that's not. Yeah. Not my thing. I've done that thing where you hand over photos to somebody and then they put that filter on and you're like, mm, oh, no. Oh, no. Go ahead and don't tag me <laughs> in that one, bro. Um, uh, let's see here. What has been. Hmm. Do I want to. Let's let's uh, ask this question the way I intended it initially <laughs> uh, and then we'll move on. Uh What's been your favorite project that you've gotten to work on so far? Favorite? Mm-hmm. So I do have an answer for this. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a cop-out answer. Tom might get mad. What's that? 
the favorite project I don't think has happened yet. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of in, it's in the progress. Works? Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I'm obviously, I'm very happy to share it. Um, it's a little less fashion and beauty focused mm-hmm. and a little more just like straight up editorial. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's something that I've been discussing with a friend of mine from back home for kind of the entirety of the pandemic. And the pandemic, I think, kind of like strengthened this idea more into being something that I felt like I have to do this. Um, but I've really wanted to put together a photo book, just kind of depicting Hong Kong as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gone through a lot of pretty intense changes over the past several years, mm-hmm. some yeah. really intense like political stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's obviously really hard to be away from that, especially due to the pandemic. That's kind of the biggest thing that's keeping a lot of us from going back at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but just it would be nice to be able to kind of chronicle things as it's sort of as they've kind of been moving along. Um, I don't know when I'll get to go back is the thing, but it's going to be something that I think will also kind of factor into the themes behind the book of like, you know, it's been a while since I've been back here. Mm -hmm. This is me kind of like picking up all of these sort of like fragmented memories and pieces that I've, that I felt just sort of like being let go for a little while, you know? Yeah. So I know that was like not really an answer to the question, but I, that's so cool. It's just like, you know, you get an idea in your heart and you just, you just know, like, this is, this is what I need to do next. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is my next move. Like that, yeah. that's really it for me. Cool. So Photo- it's in, so it's in like the plans are being laid and that's definitely cool. Yeah. Very cool. Trying to learn or pick up a little bit more like Mandarin and Cantonese for it as well. Mm-hmm. I want to learn, like relearn some idioms and things like that sure. to kind of like mm-hmm. introduce a little bit of like text and copy into the book as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a lot of things that aren't just from like a Western or a westernized point of view, which yeah. is sort of how I was raised there. Yeah. I really want to delve into like the nitty gritty of like what makes Hong Kong so special and so distinct. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. That that's cool. Really cool. Yeah. I like that answer. That, Thank you. Like <laughs> photo books make me excited and that sounds like a really important project. Me too. too. Yeah, yeah. I've had a few come in the mail over the whole yeah. pandemic that I've just been kind of like getting me excited, yeah. but I, I've never really felt the inclination to do my own for a, a long time. Yeah. Oddly. Like I've been shooting huh. for so long, but never really felt like, yeah, like I want my stuff in a book until now. Yeah. Like now I truly feel like, yeah, like this is subject yeah. matter that I feel really matters to yeah. me that I feel would, would look good in a book. Yeah. Well, and it seems like it would be hard to find a narrative within fashion, like shoots, individualized fashion exactly. shoots, whereas like this, it seems like would it just sounds like it makes sense. Yeah. 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 And like, yeah. that's not to say there would not be people in the photos it could be people i know like i think some photos can totally be like more set up and i don't want to say staged but sure but they're not advertising photos yeah yeah Yeah, exactly maybe advertising that like hong kong is still a really cool place regardless of the changes it goes through but you know yeah Yeah. that's cool awesome any uh any photo books that you've received over the pandemic worth mentioning that you want to shout out yeah Yeah. um so there's there's this one photographer, his name is Greg Gerard. Um, okay. He's actually not a fashion photographer, so I feel like I've completely like <laughs> That's right. for a loop. That's all right. Um, but he he's I believe a Canadian photographer who spent the seventies and eighties and nineties as well traveling all over the place. Hmm. Um, I believe he made it to Hong Kong on like a cargo ship or something crazy in like huh. the seventies. That was the Whoa. first time he went there. And he just shot these incredible, like, huh. street photography, editorial mm. photography photos. Wild. Um, his Instagram is Greg for a day, if you want to look his work up. But I think you guys are really going to like it. He's been all over. Like, he's done photo stories in Hong Kong. He's done them in Vancouver. 
um, Japan. Hmm. I want to say probably like Taipei or Shanghai or other parts of China. Um, just really beautiful, compelling images, great colors, all oh, shot yeah. in film, like, which I know is totally oh, different cool. than what I do. But yeah. I've been really gravitating towards that recently. And he partly is what inspired the idea for a book. Yeah? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, these That's colors exciting. these colors are, are awesome. Yeah, just, he's awesome. Yeah. Such a cool guy. So Very I have two cool. of his books. One is called City of Darkness, which is um, mm-hmm. obviously all Hong Kong stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it was back in like the 90s mostly when Kowloon was still a walled city yeah. before the walls came uh-huh. down. And then um, his recent one that I actually was waiting a long time for it to be restocked is just called HKPM, which was just Hong Kong at night. Huh. Yeah. So you That's get to see cool like concept. red light district, yeah. like yeah. way back when it was like truly the red light district. And there's That's some like cool. raunchy and like crazy stuff in there. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Next question. What's up? Do you prefer to shoot your fashion in the studio or on site or... Probably both is what I'm assuming. So if you asked me that question like this time last year, yeah. I'd probably still be like in studio all the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a moment when I was really trying to mix a lot of like lighting. So I would do a little bit mm-hmm. of ambient, a little bit of strobe and mm. just seeing how those two would kind of play together. And that was yeah. really fun. That was a cool like exploratory phase that yeah. um, I felt I should have gotten into a lot quicker, or a lot sooner. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think right now I have been really gravitating towards like going back outside. I don't know if it was the pandemic or what, but yeah. uh, I've been really into the idea of like going back out, kind of like returning to my roots a little bit. Cause yeah. obviously when I started, I'd not shoot in studio yeah. at all. I was strictly just running around my neighborhood, running yeah. around the Island with random people that I met that day. Yeah. Um, and I kind of have been thinking, you know, it would be really nice to get back to that. You know, I think sometimes when you, maybe you're in a rut or you just don't really know what you want to do creatively, it can be really helpful to, go back to your roots a little bit and yeah. and consider, you know, like where did you get started and yeah. how can that translate to where you're at now? Yeah. And I'm sure like facing those different challenges is probably a little refreshing too. Exactly. Like, yeah. Like Studio dealing with can be honestly kind of easy yeah. after a while. Cause you know, once you understand your strobes, when you, once you understand how to manipulate, manipulate your lighting, yeah, you're pretty much set. Yeah. But you know, on location, it's a whole different beast. Yeah. yeah. So many, additional factors yeah what's the sun up to today especially in ohio what's the weather gonna do today in ohio should i wait 10 minutes or yeah is it gonna be my main light for this shoot or is it gonna be yeah yeah, (laughs) is it just gonna be like a special guest for five minutes yeah yeah. we'll see i like that i like that oh goodness all right well you want to move on to some gear and hot takes kev yeah but before we do that oh yeah we've got a we've got a little bit of a break for our ads right yeah I don't think of them as advertisements as so much great supporters of this show. Oh, yeah? With that, let's take a break. (laughs) (laughs) Canon full-frame mirrorless is back in stock at Midwest Photo. Come in and check out the R5, R6, and all that sweet, sweet RF glass like the 800mm f11. Special financing available. Visit mpex.com and search Canon EOS mirrorless. Are you local? Don't forget to visit mpexrentals.com and learn more about Try Before You Buy on Canon Full Frame Mirrorless. Curious about mirrorless? Check out the all-new A7C compact full-frame mirrorless camera from Sony with the 28-60mm to 60 millimeter kit lens in stock at Midwest Photo for only $20.98. Looking for something with a bit more range? 
We also have the Sony E-mount 200-600mm G lens, great for wildlife and birding for only $19.98. Visit mpex.com and search Sony. Hello. What's up? <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah, so we're going to get into some gear. What do we want to do? You want to take one? I'll take one. And then yeah, let's you, go. You going to take the last? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool, cool. Uh, uh, you, you going first? You can go first since you're taking the last. You can do the. You do one and three out of two. All right. All right. Okay. All right. So this is going to sound a lot like the question that uh, Kevin's going to ask you here in a couple of seconds. <laughs> But this is more day to day. Like, what's your ideal run and gun? What do you what do you what are you shooting with now in terms of camera, lens, lights, all that stuff? So I always, I always like to kind of joke that uh, I'm like one of five people in the entire world who still shoots on Nikon. Hey, me too. Oh my god! I found found one of the other five people in this room. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. What are you shooting (laughs) on? What body? At the moment, it's a D800. But I mean, I I've kind of i feel like yeah. done the whole gamut you know yeah. i've tried like the is it the d4 is that yeah, what yeah. it is yeah i've done that the big beast big beast oh yeah. my god that thing is huge yeah um and then obviously you know started out with like a little d5000 yeah mighty d5000 yeah. um but that's that's what i prefer to operate on obviously i can use canon i've yeah. shot with that many times i've kind of like dabbled in sony a little just because it's nice to be able to like know how to use these different be versatile yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but Nikon is is still truly my my go to. I thought maybe halfway through my journey, like okay, just switch to Canon because I feel like everyone's shooting Canon. Yeah, but. especially in the fashion industry, right? Like yeah, it depends. Well, that and like medium format probably is medium still... format. Yeah, um, depending on like the level of project that you're on, I think a lot of like the super greats are you know they're using mm-hmm. like phase one systems mm-hmm. and stuff like that, which yeah. we all <laughs> wish. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah. Uh, Nikon's just been my go-to even at, um, at my job now actually just purely by coincidence they were like do you know how to shoot Nikon because that's all we use here and I was like thank god perfect <laughs> yes I got you perfect. covered yeah no worries that's all I know do <laughs> that's you, cool um hold on. on can I can I get one tag on question to that mm-hmm. yeah yeah favorite lens to shoot with your DA100 you know it depends it, I keep saying it depends. Um, I would say there's two <laughs> favorites. Yeah. I, I love a good 24 to 70. You know, okay. I find it to be very versatile, yeah. especially if you're going to be shooting like full body fashion and stuff like that. That mm-hmm. tends to be what I gravitate towards. Cool. Uh, but my other favorite, I, I use it for beauty, but I think that there's a lot that it can do for fashion too, is like a 105 macro. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yep. yep. I have uh, rented yours here quite a bit <laughs> yeah. for a reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a great lens. Have you truly. tried the 1.4? The 105 1.4? I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't. Maybe give that a whirl at some point if you like the macro version. Maybe I should like, try it. Do you yeah. guys like maybe rent that out? Yeah, we totally do. Okay, then I might. And it's and that's maybe not, you'll see me here in a few days. But that one's not a macro lens. Correct? It's cor- correct. It's not oh, a macro. It's not a macro. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not gonna so get those punchy like details portraits. that you would out of a right on. Oh, that's that's okay. what I like about mm-hmm. macro shots for portrait work is you get those real punchy details. Correct. Up close. Exactly. I gotcha. Every person's eyelash. You know yeah, what I yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, you know, if you're shooting some cool fabric, like getting yeah. those like macro details of fabric, oh, I feel yeah. like that's like universally something that everybody loves to look at. Yeah. yeah. You know, like um, at my day job, at my freelance job, everyone just, every time they see the macro come up on the screen, they're like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> look at yeah. that. I can see all of the fuzz on that sweater. <laughs> it's just a different perspective. Yeah. Right? I don't always realize it, but I think when I really got into them, I was like, this is not a point of view that we're often seeing, yeah. you know, through the human eye. 
Yeah. Does that ever? Uh, does that ever? I feel like macro would be difficult for a retoucher because then, like, your you have so much. Your stylist is like, ah, oh, there's dust there, or something. You know, like depends on the retoucher or whatever. I really like retouching, and that was something that I integrated into my Ooh. workflow, and like, got I wanted to be pretty, pretty intense about it and pretty serious about it. Mm-hmm. Probably around like my sophomore year of college. Just because I realized, you know, when I was getting into shooting more beauty or getting a little more focused on um, how the skin was looking, I realized, you know, there is a right and there, I think there is kind of a wrong way to, to approach this. And um, especially on like the post end. Sure. So I really made it a priority to, to kind of like figure out what I wanted for my retouching style, figure out how I wanted that to sort of come through in like my normal photography. Um, And so like whenever I do a macro now, I'm like, excited about it like yeah. i know it's going to be a lot of editing but i know sort of on the front end what to call out to m- minimize that yeah um but it's also just kind of a fun challenge on the back end because a That's i like cool. looking at them which i feel like if you're going to be a retoucher you kind of have to really like looking at pictures for a long time oh yeah. Time. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure yeah but it's it's all part of my process and it's a part of the process that i i've learned to sort of like honor and embrace a little bit more rather than look at as like a oh, crap like now i have to do this thing like i i love doing it yeah that's yeah. cool that is that is cool that is not uh it's not common either it is not a shared no. <laughs> shared perspective at all but yeah. th- i think that's also what i really like when i talk yeah. to other photographers too who might not be quite as into it as yeah. i i tell them like you know like for someone like me like i really enjoy doing this i really enjoy helping people out with this as well so like it's also an opportunity for me to say you know if you ever need someone to help you with your retouching please come my way. I like to also teach other people how to do it. I spent mm. a little bit of the pandemic doing that. I put together like a whole PDF and like oh, cool. taught a couple people the process and what to look for and like some basic techniques, more advanced stuff, just to kind of take your work to the next level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because cool. I do feel like people have hangups about that sometimes and I totally understand why. Yeah. Do you still offer that that PDF or that like is it a class or? I was gonna can, say, are I we gonna be looking on, under wraps? But like, yeah. I can show it to you guys. I can send it over. Okay. Yeah. Well, well anything we can help to to promote what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So. Look for your master class here soon. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that like that's wild. That's really cool. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Um. Uh, follow up question: Do you feel like you still shoot Nikon because you started with a Nikon? I thought about that for a little while. Like, am I really just doing this because it's familiar? Mm-hmm. I think once I got to a point where I felt comfortable with like using a Canon operating system, really because I truly thought this would be the next logical switch, I guess. Right. Um, I just sort of felt like, you know, there's there are obviously some differences, but generally speaking, they shoot the shot. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know? At the end of the day, I think like everyone has their preferences. Right. I don't, I don't want to fight about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got, I, I will throw no shade at anybody who's on <laughs> Canon, even though Nikon is better. <laughs> <laughs> I think it just, for me, like Nikon's where I started and yeah. I think I will, I will live with Nikon and I will die with Nikon Yeah. with absolutely no ill feelings towards any other system that yeah. people might be using. Yeah. Um, when can I can I do one more follow up? Oh, Jimmy I know. Frost, go I know. ahead. <laughs> How do you still do you still have that fifty one the nifty fifty that you got to start out? And do you ever bust that out with your D eight hundred just for like old time's <laughs> sake? You know what? It might be in Hong Kong. Okay. It might be. Okay. But I don't know. I because I, I had think... an eighty five that I got around the same time, okay. and that still definitely is there, but it's rattling, so I don't think it will Uh-oh. work anymore. Okay, but I keep it, you know, just yeah. sentiment. I think that that's 
also common with Nikon? Like, I actually, I started with film on Nikon and then moved to digital, and I was like, well, I have Nikon lenses. So, like, <laughs> so like they, exactly. they it's expensive adapt. as well yeah. to, to switch is yeah. also a factor. Yeah. Yeah. But so. I think that some of that's sentimental, at least for me. Yeah, yes, of course. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Um, All right, Kevin, you can go now. Oh, oh <laughs> thanks, Tom. Kevin's allowed to talk. <laughs> I have the talking stick. <laughs> um the i had another follow-up question which was you you had mentioned uh medium format have you tried fujifilm medium format i haven't i haven't and i feel like this honestly would be the place that i would go should i ever have like questions or curiosities about Mm. that sort of thing like not to gas up come rent it yeah (laughs) but you guys have really kind of like pulled me out of my shell a little bit and like given me these opportunities to try different systems try different styles of shooting just because you guys are just, you know, y'all are so chill and you're very <laughs> forthcoming and you're literally like a learning center. Yeah. So that's part of why I really love coming here because I feel as though whenever I'm here, I'm learning something new that's or good. there's something, some new like camera body or mm-hmm. something that like your TJ or whoever is thrown yeah. at me like, hey, you should really try this out. <laughs> Rent it for just the weekend. See how you like it. Yeah. So that's was... definitely, I'm down for whatever. Cool. Especially if it's a wreck from you guys. Yeah, for sure. I, I asked because we had a... um still works here taylor he was our fuji film specialist for a while he now works in our government and educational sales uh, department he shoots a lot of fashion stuff fashion studio really yeah would you call taylor a... yeah, yeah yeah i don't know how to categorize because it's like artistic but uh, it's it's fashion fashion inspired yeah. whatever like it's but he really shot, nice portraits he though. all yeah. he shot fuji film medium format and adapted several of his film lenses to it Oh, nice. Um, so yeah. he got a lot of that hybridized kind of world yeah. to it. And he, he loved it. So, um, yeah, definitely check that out when you have a chance. But m- that leads me into my qu- my actual question, which is not a follow-up, Tom. Okay. It's also, <laughs> it's not a thank, follow-up. Thank you for all the kind words, by the way. Of course. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I We really appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I've been living here for a while now, and it's just nice to have, like, literally a resource down the street from your house and it's full of people who genuinely like care and want you to i I feel like you you, the when you guys come in it's like a ray of sunshine on like the most chaotic day (laughs) like almost every day every time like because it's always like it's always like a friday at like 2 p.m where you're picking up (laughs) and it's like where everybody else is on lunch or whatever and you guys are just like yeah, we'll we'll hang, whatever. We'll yeah. chill, and then we'll chat for a little bit once the like herd moves away. <laughs> exactly. And then, yeah, and then you guys are just the best. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah. We again, like it's just like a nice place to go on a Friday. Like it never yeah. feels like a chore. You know, I'm dropping money every time I'm here. <laughs> it doesn't really feel that way. Like it makes yeah. my it warms my heart that you called us a resource because m- when I when I came into this role, my I said the goal for this store is to be the photo video audio resource for people and i didn't want to be just a store slinging product at people but the thing was to be a resource and that it means a lot that you called us that absolutely (laughs) i mean i completely mean it and like you know it's you can only get so far with certain gear if you don't truly like know how to use it like i've run into that all the time like i've been shooting for a while but like that's so irrelevant like there's still things i don't know there's still things I can improve upon and this is one of those spaces that I feel I can safely move into I don't feel like I'm around anyone judgmental there's no ego everybody is just so willing to like 
help you out, explain something to you, troubleshoot my really bizarre problems that I dump <laughs> on TJ at four o'clock yeah. in the afternoon on a Friday yeah. when he wants to go home. And then we're like, <laughs> we didn't know that that could be a problem. Right. But <laughs> I guess now like, it's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Back to Huck. All right. Uh, the one, gear, the gear question. Huck. Yeah. The question that I was, I was going to ask. Yeah. Um, so money is not a factor. Mm-hmm. Dream setup. What camera system lens uh, uh let's let's call it like uh you're given unlimited funds you get one camera you get a few lenses and a lighting system what do you choose i would say this is actually because of you guys um a hasselblad okay. x1d okay mm, i think wow. they do a mark two now yeah right? yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah 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 um i think it was actually maybe tj or maybe it was you. I don't remember. It was a while ago, a few years ago. Somebody in the rentals department here was like, we just got this in. Yeah. You should try it out for a weekend. I happened to do, I was doing like a, a paid client, um, just like a freelance gig that weekend. Yeah. It was a pretty low key gig that I felt like, okay, like I have room to kind of play with this a little bit. Um, and I did. And I just was blown away. It was an on location shoot. I do think that makes a difference. Um, I don't think that I've used it in studio as well. And I don't feel as though you're quite getting the same amount of uh, you're not just getting as much out of it as you do on location. It just huh. picks up gorgeous color, like huh. amazing detail. Yeah, it was like I was talking with um, one of my colleagues about this recently. It's like with a, you have like a different set of eyeballs when you're huh. shooting with it. Sometimes yeah, yeah. it's crazy. It's just beautiful. So huh. I, I love that. If I could afford that, <laughs> sign me up. You know, like I would love that. That would be amazing. Um, and then lens wise, I feel like, um, I usually will just shoot on a prime with it. I honestly can't really remember the exact lens that I've used with it, okay. but I do know that it would just be like a prime, but Probably I have like used an 85 zoom as well. or a 50 prime or something like I that. I think it was like maybe a 50 okay. or something like that, Yeah. but that was really cool. And then I also thought as far as lighting goes, um, I've kind of been really into continuous lately okay. versus strobe. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I've had conversations with other photographers who shoot similarly to mm-hmm. me in the past about this too. And I do feel a lot of us start in strobe. We're kind of like in strobe world. That's like all we really do, mm-hmm. especially because if you have to do kind of like the same sort of style over and over again, yeah. you know what works best. Yeah. Um, and continuous can kind of feel like this very intimidating other world that, you've never really played with before yep. it's a little different that's funny um, most people go the other direction i know right yeah but i think when you just haven't experienced something you just yeah. want to yep you just kind of want to like explore it a little bit more i had to do it um a few months ago and like you guys were actually super helpful and just giving me a little advice on on how i could approach it yeah um but i i really enjoyed shooting continuous in studio huh. i feel like it could still look really cool on location like i, I don't really feel like in my ideal setting that I want to feel um, confined to either or yeah. Like I want it to be able to be this yeah. thing of this hybrid, you yeah. know, but I think it's just cool how you can manipulate continuous lighting. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it just plays it's differently than strobes. And that's kind of fun to me right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and continuous has changed so much in the yeah. past oh my gosh. two yeah. years. Even. So yeah. much. Yeah. yeah. So much, which is good for mirrorless too. Cause I feel like the focusing is a little bit better with continuous. Yeah. Yeah. Can be. Yeah. All right, another hot take. Mm -hmm. Do you shoot film in digital? Or is it mostly just digital? It is mostly digital. Cool. Mostly. Mostly digital. As in you have shot film. I've shot film. I think it's something that I want to lean into more now. Mm -hmm. Um, To be honest with you guys, 
I am so heavy on digital and I've always been that way that mm-hmm. film still intimidates me. Really? It still intimidates oh, me. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like is I've, it not being able to see what you've captured yes. or it is? Okay. Oh, yeah. It's so that. It's, it's worrying I'm going to like meter something wrong yeah. and then I've just like ruined a whole roll of film. Like yeah. I, I overthink so much that I'm not just like, yeah. just do it. And yeah, then you've got that wait it. time to like, uh, did it? Is it going to come? Like yeah. b- that wait time of processing and exactly. Yeah. But that is not to say that I am not interested in in truly trying to integrate film more into my process because yeah. I, I do really want yeah. to. Yeah. Cool. Would you go black and white or color? I'd love to go color. Yeah. Yeah. Thirty five or one twenty. Maybe start with thirty five. Yeah. And okay. then move into one twenty. One twenty. I will I, I, I will tell you that if you start with one twenty it will be there will it, like I'm still intimidated by one twenty. See, that's Even though kind I of shoot, the vibe I've always gotten. I shoot thirty five on the regular. Yeah. And I have yeah. no problems loading it on like winding it back up. Mm-hmm. But one twenty scares mm. the crap out of me just gotta some. make that jump see it's all the same season yeah. professional scared of 120 so i'm like <laughs> all right i know where i i know where my strengths could be and i'm, I'm gonna start with with 35 yeah there you yeah. go season professional <laughs> ah that's well. a stretch <laughs> <laughs> i think the let's let's talk afterwards because i think we may be able to work out like some sort of loaner of like a nikon oh. film camera or something okay yeah, that'd be yeah. Fun. okay yeah all right a little um, off the record that could be cool yeah. I won't tell. All right. We're going to do some uh, true false hot takes. Ready? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ro- are these uh, lightning round? We can do lightning round, but she has some comments on them. I want, I want, yeah, I want to be able to give her opinions. On I'm some a little chatty. I might have comments. That's cool. So. That's I'm cool. done with that. <laughs> I like true, comments. True or false? Now, let me be clear. These hot takes mm-hmm. are, are something that we write down that are controversial. So it's not that yeah. we believe these things, but. True or false? You can be a fashion photographer if you've never worked with a brand directly or had a published image for fashion true absolutely true um what makes a fashion photographer so with that said what what to you is like yeah is taylor a fashion photographer yeah like what makes a fashion photographer um i think a lot of it honestly is mindset okay um Hmm. and it's just your intentions behind what you want to do as as a as a shooter as an artist however you want to identify um a publication to me does not have any control over who you, how you identify yeah. as an artist or as a shooter. Um, to be honest with you, like I've submitted, I've been published a handful of times, nothing like super crazy, but like those were never really my, I don't look to them as my defining moments. Like the fact that I enjoyed shooting it, enjoyed shooting fashion, enjoyed just like the fashion aspect itself. Like I like, I like it for myself. I like shooting it for other people Mm -hmm. like that to me is how I feel like I identify as a fashion photographer because these are things that I love that I've always been interested in that I've always like connected with and and felt felt like I've gravitated towards it like that's I think what makes a a fashion photographer that's a it's never accolades or anything like that that's a really good answer because you're you're setting yourself as defining yourself rather than allowing somebody else to define who you are correct yeah yeah so that's a good answer I like that a lot thanks (laughs) cool because fashion changes, fashion photographers can't keep up, have short careers, and move on to different subject matter. True or false? False. <laughs> that might just have to be false. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I, I feel like I sound so old when I say this, but, you know, I'm one of those millennials or whatever that does remember when the internet started, mm-hmm. but still has memories pre-internet. Yeah. Like, yep. before we had that stuff. 
And so I feel like the internet has sort of maybe jump-started a lot mm-hmm. of things and it's sort of sped things up in a way where you do really, I feel like you have to move really, really quickly yeah. in understanding like what's cool, what's relevant, how people are shooting, what styles people are really gravitating towards and identifying with right now. But I think it's entirely possible to like evolve your your style and your process, maybe not necessarily to feel as though you're like living up to these pre preconceived expectations but more so because I feel like a lot of the time your style and your workflow and things like that are constantly going to be changing it it shouldn't feel as though you've just like stayed in the same spot for a long period of time like part of what I think is great about photography is the growth aspect and the evolution aspect and the challenge aspect Mm -hmm. it's not always easy you don't always know if something's going to turn out right and that's sort of part of what makes it both annoying but like the best thing ever that you just like always want to go back to yeah you know yeah I, I i'm guessing that at this point too working in like the fashion industry shooting for as long as you have you probably start to anticipate some of the stuff too absolutely right? oh yeah. yeah yeah like like tot- i both know something's about to happen yeah but somehow it still will yeah. surprise me or challenge me in some way yeah. That's what I like about it. Like the Ed Hardy stuff. Like the Ed Hardy <laughs> stuff. I don't even know what I'm going to do I with wish, that. I wish we got a picture of the look he just gave me. <laughs> like the Ed Hardy stuff. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> All right, Kev. True or false? Fashion photography is only around to advertise clothing. Uh, false. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone ever like answer the opposite? Uh, uh, well, sometimes we, th- well, I feel like we put all false ones in here this time. Like I ones mean, that, even ones that we disagree They're with. all opinions though, too. So yeah, they it's are, like, yeah. they're all opinions, yeah. but. It, you could be very jaded by the fashion industry. <laughs> and, you know, and you know what? That brings up a good yeah. point, Tom, because yeah. it, it is easy to be jaded by it, I think. Oh, I'm sure. I've oh, had sure. my moments where I'm like, what am I even doing? Like, why am I even in this? Yeah. You know, like is this an industry that is super shallow and like kind of missing a lot of like deeper conversations that we should be having Mm -hmm. or is it something entirely different? And I feel like, like a lot of things, it's a little bit of both. I think fashion is something that I still have this very complex relationship with. Yeah. Um, But then, you know, when you do find these photographers, like both the legends and these like newcomers or up and comers or people who've really established themselves over the past like 10 ish years or so, who I think kind of take fashion to this whole other level where it's less about like selling and capitalism and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot more about these like deep, meaningful narratives and artistry that I think at the beginning of it all, I didn't initially think was really going to like shine through. You know, I used to think fashion really was all about selling clothing and I think it really has transcended that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Maybe not on like, I mean, I think it always has, but like, mindset wise for me that kind of took me a while to understand and kind of like wrap my head around yeah yeah i i my hope would that was that people would listen to this episode and have that last hot take be because i think a lot of people have that concept in their mind that fashion is just about yeah i gotta sell another pair of jeans at the mall with this picture i gotta Mm -hmm. go i go through a catalog all these fashion they're just there no i mean somebody has taken the time whether that's the photographer or the the creative director or whomever to work with the team to create these images that mean something correct beyond the clothing and i hope that if people listen to this episode that that concept is shattered 
mm. after this because yeah. you've done a great job of explaining how many people you work with and how important it is to work with that team and uh, all of the intricacies uh, throughout it. And I think, it, yeah. So I just, I hope that people listen to this and hear you and think, yeah, it's, it's more than close. It definitely so, is. Yeah. 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 And like, that's not to say that, you know, two things can't be true at the same time. Sure. You know, I think about that a lot. Yeah. Like fashion is for selling clothing mm -hmm. and it's for telling a story yeah. and maybe telling stories that we don't often see. Yeah. Um, like I've been seeing um, a lot of stuff lately coming out of certain regions of Asia that I don't think were ever on the map before. Huh. Um, like there's, um, I'm going to maybe butcher his name, but um, Prabal Gorong, who's a Nepalese fashion designer. And there's this other model that I've been like super obsessed with lately, who's also Nepalese. But the interesting thing about Nepal is that typically not a lot of tall people come out of nepal it's just right. genetically that's just not Ooh, sure how it usually goes but this model is like crazy tall she's like 5'10 or something so those two kind of linked up in the industry mm. and have started doing these really beautiful collaborations yeah whether they're through photography or design or music yeah. um to sort of bring these beautiful notes of nepalese culture to both mass media and the mainstream and for me they do it through fashion a lot of the time, or at least that's the context that they're putting a lot of their mm -hmm. their work into. And that is not something that even living in Asia, I ever really saw. Yeah. I knew so little about Nepal, even when I was growing up so close to it. Yeah. And seeing, huh. that's just like a specific example. But to me, like that is why I'm still in this industry. Yeah. Yeah. There are so many compelling stories that are just coming out of the woodwork now that we're now finally having the privilege of seeing yeah. on this big platform. Mm -hmm. um, that in a way that we've never really seen it before. And yeah. I think that's just, that's that is, just outstanding. That is yeah. very cool. That is, that's really cool. We're going to have to find that and, and put it in the show notes for, yeah. for people to see, because that's, that is a prime example of how it's not necessarily about selling what they have. It's about using the fashion as a vehicle to teach people about their culture. Exactly. Yeah. So, exactly. And that's, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. That's so, yeah, I like that aspect. It, like, it's like a functional piece of design that shows like literally problem solving through their culture of like how they, yeah. Exactly. And how, yeah. How they clothe themselves and stuff like that. You chill that's out so. over there, Roman Mars. Oof. Yes. Oof. Do you listen to 99% Invisible? My boyfriend does more than I do, but okay. I, I get the, Tom's, the cliff notes. Tom's I love got a man, man crush over here on uh, Roman Mars. Yeah. And he's always I can hear the breathing. Yeah. Do, I, do we need to give you a minute, Tom? Do we have sorry, to? Sorry, folks. I'm, I'm really. Uh, we're going to give him a second with this podcast yeah. app. Just I'm going to have to. Yeah. This. Okay, so um, those are <laughs> those are the hot takes. Um, I think that was a really good conversation. It, it it shoots back to everything that we had been talking about with fashion and its importance. So yeah. thank you very of much. Of course, I'm looking forward to the next section because I'm hoping you've got some resources for yeah. us to like check out and stuff about I don't know like whatever like favorite movies or even favorite documentaries on yeah. fashion and stuff. For sure. Yeah. For sure. We so we do have some resources here, things to watch mm -hmm. or things to read. Um, on fashion um, we have a, a contrastly article on the impact of uh, photography on the fashion industry um, how f fashion photographers um, are facing uncertain futures from vogue business although i'm hoping that's more of a positive outlook on the industry um <laughs> and then nyfa um names that change the photography uh fashion photography industry forever so we'll leave those articles in the show notes for you guys to to touch on 
Gail, did you have anything that has helped you in terms of resources for fashion? Any books, movies, like what Tom was saying? I would say the interesting thing about photography is I think there's still, like you can literally Google pretty much anything that you want to learn, especially when it has something to do with lighting. Um, Something that I feel I sometimes actually struggle with, so maybe this kind of like seeps into more of the advice section, is that sometimes I feel I, I can get very rigid in my process or very rigid in like how I want to produce an image or produce a shoot. Like it becomes very like step, step by a, step. B. Yeah. yeah. Kind of exactly. stuck in a rut a little bit. S- stuck in a rut a little bit. Um, and I think that is totally normal. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like um, I've had to just be a little more patient with myself about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but something that I think has been kind of pulling me out of it. I talked a little bit about it with like the book I want to do is I've started watching some older movies by a uh, Hong Kong director, Wong Kar Wai. Um, there might be some people listening to this who already know who that is. I do feel he has kind of a cult following. Um, he's dipped his toe in both like Hong Kong cinema, but also Western cinema. Like he did a movie with um, Jude Law and Natalie Portman, I believe. Hmm. Oh. I think it was Natalie Portman, My Blueberry Nights. I forget. Sounds I might've just totally botched that, but... Um, he he has he has a beautiful and really robust understanding of lighting and color. Mm. Uh, but one of my favorite films that he did, In the Mood for Love, which mm. came out in the '90s, um, there's a beautiful display of fashion in that as well. Mm. Very like kind of '80s to '90s influenced um, fashion or Chinese fashion mostly, like Hong Kong okay. fashion. Like the women's wear in it is really lovely. They even mention. Um, I won't spoil anything, but they do talk about what they're wearing a little bit in the movie. Like it's a big plot point. That's cool. Um, so that's something I watched, I think, at the beginning of the pandemic that just sort of like shook me out of that weird COVID mm-hmm. rut that I think a lot of us kind of fell into, especially yeah. as you, shooters. You were right, by the way. It's Jude Law and Natalie Portman. Yes. We, oh, man, sometimes I <laughs> really mess that stuff yeah. up. My Blueberry Nights. Yeah. It's a really it's a really beautiful movie, but I really love the the stories that he tells in a lot of his films. Like sometimes he'll kind of do like two separate storylines within one movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not in a way where it's like they obviously cross over. They're very subtle, mm. subtle little ways that like the strings kind of overlap. You know what okay. I mean? Yeah. 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 Like My Blueberry Nights, I think, is one of them. Um, but that's just kind of like that was him, I think, dipping his toe into like the Western cinema sphere a little bit more yeah um so that's honestly a pretty good place to start cool um but then his like more classics are all in like cantonese so something to keep in mind if nobody likes watching with subtitles (laughs) i've always watched with subtitles that's like been my norm so yeah same here yeah um that's really cool to go back to to cinema to kind of see inspiration and lighting and things like that i have done that um recently i'm going through a re it's totally not the same uh quality in terms of uh lighting or, or cinematography i'm sure but um, Breaking Bad from Vince Gilligan yeah. is an incredible yes. show to look at when Beautiful it comes to composition, color, and um, just like it's just it's incredible the stuff that he does in that show. Um, it's gorgeous because I will just pause it and be like, "This is a great shot." I don't I don't know who the director of photography was here, but this is an but like I hope they got a raise a few times throughout the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. And they I feel like their work was kind of cut out for them too with all mm-hmm. of those desert scenes. Oh yeah, yeah. you know yeah, I was like, all right, yeah. I've like, been New to the Mexico house. is it's oh nice. Yeah, I went to the house and it's. Did you throw a pizza on it? No, <laughs> no. The people the, there, the new the people that live there, they're not nice. They, yeah. they, like, no, they, they do not want that. I they, read, they uh, have yeah. a gate up, and if you stop and you take a picture, they'll start asking you questions and tell you to go away. So, oh, shit. Um, yeah, uh, just. 
respect their privacy, <laughs> I suppose. Course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, Albuquerque, the blue, like the endless just blue sky is insane. It's crazy. Um, it really is big yeah. sky. So yeah, just awesome. Um, was there anything else you wanted to add to resources and and things to watch? I would say less less resources, mm-hmm. uh, just because <laughs> this might be more of advice. <laughs> I feel like my my steepest learning curves were just being on set and okay. learning things mm. as they were coming to me. Yeah, you know, like I think a lot of the time, my biggest challenges have really been. Um, sometimes I can't find everything online. Sometimes I do feel as though like this is something I need to experience for myself yeah. and like learn on the job. Yeah. Um, and that's been really ringing true a lot, especially in this new job. Yeah. And so I would say if I could impart advice on others, it would be don't get too stuck. Like, like me, I do do this a lot. Um, don't get too stuck in the rationalizing, mm. the excuses, the, yeah. I don't really think I'm cut out for this. I don't really think that I'm going to be able to get there. I'm sure. really intimidated right now. That imposter syndrome. Exactly. Yeah. Which I think so many of us, if not all of us, have at some point. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I would be lying if I said I wasn't in the throes of that for the past year. I don't know if it was pandemic fueled or what. Um, but I do think it's important as well for us to like have these conversations and be very sure. transparent with people about that. Because, you know, you only really see a snippet of how people are doing when you're like observing them on socials, which yeah, I think yeah. a lot, most which of is, us are doing. Yeah. Especially right now. Yeah. Um, Which that's usually their good days. Exactly. Yeah. Those are like the yeah. those are the good days. Yeah. And there are a ton of good days, but like, it's important to really, kind of like, feel comfortable in validating yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it's okay if you're going to be having your off days or those days where you just don't know something. You cannot possibly blame yourself for something you just simply do not know. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. It's all about just being open to all the challenges, absorbing whatever you can taking everything as a learning opportunity yeah even if it's uncomfortable or whatever yeah but like that is so part of the process that i love so so much and that's really what keeps me going and keeps me in it is the fact that even if it's not a textbook easy day Mm -hmm. or a day where i've simply just like learned something step by step sometimes it's a little more abstract than that Mm. it's worth it yeah you know yeah do you think that uh, i'm i'm gonna I'm going to guess the answer here is probably not, but do you think that people need to do what you're doing now to learn those things? Like be on a set with other people or just start doing stuff on their own? Not at all. I think curiosity for yourself and how you want to approach your work is kind of a major, major thing. Like you should definitely feel free to explore and try Mm -hmm. new things on your own time first. Yeah. If you're able to ever assist somebody or shadow somebody if that's something that they'd be comfortable with mm-hmm. absolutely do that as well yeah you know like there's still photographers locally that i look to and i think man i would love to just like help you out for a day mm-hmm. and be your assistant like yeah i've been doing this for a while but i would still love to assist you and learn your process because you clearly have a very different perspective on things than i do and i wholeheartedly respect that and encourage it yeah you know yeah that's a that's a good piece of advice and i think i'm gonna tack that onto the the challenge this week too yeah because i think that's a good one yeah i think it is too so yeah um which is what we do so i'm just going to transition to that since it was natural um gail every episode we do a challenge for our audience to and try to get them to go out and instead of just sit here and listen to us for an hour um go out and create something do something or that's related to what we've been talking about so i think what gail just mentioned is a great idea go out and find a photographer that you admire follow them send them a nice note offer to help them yeah don't charge. Just say, hey, I want to be able to help you out on a shoot. Yeah. 
and then you know at some point you you would want to charge for assisting but if it's something where you're learning you're taking something away from the shoot you need to be putting something into the shoot exactly so go go carry some lights go go, yeah yeah. go carry a light go uh fold up some reflectors pack Mm -hmm. the bag Mm-hmm. organized mm-hmm. wires whatever it is just help them out on a shoot and you, you i guarantee you'll probably learn something from them at exactly. least one thing on that shoot exactly um might even get a friend out of it there you go mm-hmm. or a mentor or a mentor perfect um my other challenge was to find a fashion photographer whose work you enjoy and this is something i do from time to time just to stay sharp mm-hmm. i identify an element or technique that they use that I enjoy and I try to replicate that technique or that element without recreating their work. So without directly copying their work, I will go out and use it. Like if it's a compositional technique or if it's a color technique or even a retouching technique, I don't have to copy their work directly, but I can take what I like out of that image and I can extract it and say, okay, let's see how I can implement it in my own work. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a good um, exercise as well. I'll look through um, movie posters is my big fun thing to do. Not so much. I love looking at movies for lighting and like you were saying with Breaking Bad, like one of the things that you, that I love about Breaking Bad is their use of super like deep depth of field. Yep. Like they're not isolating their subject with just, nope with blurring the background it's like it's like a painting but yeah, yeah they, i love doing stuff like that too yeah it's pretty incredible yeah. um so those so those are the those are the challenges for yeah. the week go out and try those yeah. if you accomplish those whether you find a photographer to work with or you find an element or technique to uh to use tag us on instagram or shoot us an email yeah or whatever however yeah. you get in contact you know with how us. to get a hold carrier of carrier pigeon yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um i want to give a big special thanks to our guest today gail yeah. thanks gail thank you, you thank were awesome you. this, this was, was so a, fun this was a super cool episode yeah. i'm super stoked for it awesome I am too. awesome yeah. no lies guys i was a little nervous going into it <laughs> you did great thank you I'm thank yeah, you you did awesome <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, i didn't i did not detect that at all nervousness <laughs> oh cool yeah. nothing cool yeah. um so you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Amazon Music, or wherever you find your podcast. You can find our special guest on social media at Gabrielle Shaman. Shaman. Um, and we'll leave that in the show notes for you um, so you can find her. You can share your photos with us on Instagram at the number two weird camera beards or at MPEX underscore underscore photo underscore video. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know. Underscore, underscore, underscore. There's just a bunch of underscores. You guys know where to find us. Nailed it. Um, or you can send your images, questions, comments, concerns, well wishes, or prayers to us at two weird camera beards at mpex.com. And a special thanks to our executive producer. You got some adjectives there? Magical, marvelous. Maddie O'Neill. <laughs> thank all, you, Maddie. I, I couldn't think of any other alliterations. <laughs> thank you, Maddie, for keeping us on track. And a special thank you to. Uh, pre- President of Midwest Photo, Moisha Applebaum, VP of Midwest Photo, Ken Lewis. Thank you guys for letting us hang out here on our Sunday mornings and chat with cool local photographers. Indeed. Like Gail, thank you again for being on our podcast. Definitely. I would do it all over again for sure. This was awesome. Yeah. Agreed. I want to give a special shout out to our uh, audio editor, Josh Applebaum, too. Oh, yeah. We got thanks, Josh. Yeah. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Josh. Thanks, Thanks for listening to this over and over again. Can you boost my whispering? Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. We'll see you next time. See ya.